0: When there's no more room in hell, the dead will listen to Bloodfest the Podcast.
1: Hello, and welcome back to Bloodfest, podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Y'all know me. Know what I do for a living. So tonight, I'm joined, as always, by Casey. Casey, how the hell's it going?
2: I am tired as fuck. Um, I made the mistake of taking a nap earlier, because I'm old and shit. Wow. Why would you do that? I I got up at 3 a.m., and I said, fuck it. Just stay awake. (laughs) Take some more Yeah, my Go. My sleep schedule's all fucked up. I, Friday night, I stay up until 4.30 and then woke up at 8.30. Oh, um, so, that's man.
1: <coughs> and, as always, I'm joined by my old buddy, Josh. Josh, you sexy bastard. How's it going up there in KC? Hey,
3: I'm doing a whole lot better than Casey, hmm? And you can't tell me different.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm <And> delusional. <laughs> you had some of my drugs, I take it.
3: The, only the good ones. And,
1: and I'm joined by this weird fucker over here, Joey, who refuses to be on camera because if you saw his face, the thirst would eat you alive. Joey, how are we doing?
2: I'm not doing as bad as Casey,
1: but I'm alive. That's our to do. Okay, for everybody just joining us, what we saw just a moment ago was the video for Mothman by the Eye Creatures. And we played that because as a special treat tonight we're joined by the eye creatures imagine that hey guys how are you doing
4: doing good hey all right how's it going pretty good pretty good we're happy to have you here
1: so I your first thing is i'd have each of you say hi to the audience and tell them what you do in the band mac right, well, go first, my, name yeah. is,
4: my name is mac i started out playing lead guitar in eye creatures but now i play bass
1: how do you do that how do you go from from lead guitar to bass, why
4: Why that? Change? Well, we, we started as a four-piece. Uh, some things that occurred ended up going to a three-piece. Uh, talked about playing shows, having a fill-in bassist or getting another bassist, and
5: we've just rolled as a three-piece thus far, so okay. I don't know. Our first step is to set down the guitar uh-huh. and then pick up the bass. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but don't
0: you
1: need? Don't you need- finger strength for the bass.
5: Don't you have to oh, you strength are strength not wrong.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got little hands. <laughs> I did
4: bass.
5: Oh, sorry. Oh,
6: no. No, go ahead. What's How up, everyone? Circle,
4: so.
6: <laughs> I was just going to say,
5: I, I did bass for like one or two shows and it is tough, yeah. especially yeah. doing bass and singing at the same time. So anyone who does that <laughs> is an amazing musician. <laughs> um. Anyways, my name's Mikey. I play
6: drums for iCreatures, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that,
1: and that means Luke, man. What do you do in the band?
5: What's up? I'm Luke. Uh, I sing and I play guitar. Um, I actually started out as the drummer, but then we couldn't find a vocalist for the longest time, and we were like, fuck it, let's get Mikey in the band play drums, and I'll just like yell, and then eventually the yelling evolved into singing which is cool, because I can do both. Well, outstanding. <laughs> outstanding. I like it. I
1: like it. So how did you guys get started? How did you get together?
4: Well, I mean, I, I guess it how, – how, how did we really start, Luke? It was you, me, and Dalton back when uh, – probably six years ago, Luke and I had moved into a house together. Oh. Uh, my yeah. buddy Dalton that I had went to school with and worked with over at a restaurant – we uh, hooked up. I played guitar at the time. He played bass, so we just kind of started riffing together. Luke played drums, and those jam sessions kind of just morphed into, what, I'd like two iterations of the band, and then eventually what we are now. So we played around with a couple of third guitarist situations, and beyond yeah, I, that, just...
5: I had met Mac through uh, college. I mean, we... We had gone to the same, uh, like we had gone to Joplin High School and stuff, but we didn't really know each other back then. We had a a science and science class together in uh, college, and started hanging out, playing board games, that kind of thing, and then uh, eventually became roommates uh, because I wasn't getting along with my current roommate situation. And then, yeah, Mikey, Mikey started coming over. Uh, I met him through a drumline tryout because when I went to Missouri Southern, I was playing snare drum on the drumline. And Mikey came to one tryout and never came back again. Uh, he had
6: him a sugar shirt on. Yeah. I was like, dude, you like heavy metal? He's like, oh, love heavy metal. Kicked it off right then.
5: Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. It was meant to be. And then we got exchanged <laughs> numbers uh, after we saw each other at Walmart. We're like, what's up, man? <laughs> and so he played He played drums in my other band, uh, which is kind of not really super active right now. But uh, we were called Desolate Earth. And uh, after a while, I was like, well shit, I might as well have him play drums in both bands because, you know, we need, we need a drummer.
6: It worked out. <laughs> and
5: he's a hell of a drummer. We read each other super well. Like, I feel like it's just not even having to, like, talk about it and just communicating through music kind of shit. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So I'm, I'm curious about, so you guys have a, a horror core kind of thing going on. And so did you think, let's make a band that will make that those kinds of songs and then put yourselves together or did you say let's let's have a band and now let's figure out what we're gonna do i mean how's that work
6: i feel like in the beginning we knew we wanted to kind of write more like psychedelic type music and it's um it's kind of spread more away from sort of that into rock and more punk rock on some tracks so
5: i think uh, a lot of our i think a lot of our uh you know, time spent together when we f- we first started hanging out. It's just like smoking and watching bands and all these, like, just all these live performances of, like, all these different genres and just kind of, like, we want to do this so bad, you know, and, like, watching, like, a lot of, like, I feel like that was around the time that, like, uh, the NPR, or Tiny Desk Concerts, oh, yeah. became, like, really popular and the KXP performances. A big influence for us was King Gizzard and, and the Lizard Wizard, which is Australian uh, psych-punk, or not punk, but psych-rock, you know, yeah. kind yeah. of mixture of a lot of different things. They, they kind of do whatever genre they feel like, but that was kind of a big influence for us. We're like, we want to do something like that, and then sort of like just kind of jamming whatever comes naturally. And then uh, I think I think when we got to like writing that first album, we kind of decided like this one's going to be all about like <clears> – <throat> cryptids and like conspiracy theories and like a little bit of horror here and there like just kind of just like telling stories like fictional dark kind of stories yeah yeah
1: awesome so who, who chose the uh name
5: that was actually dalton our uh I, I think so right he, he was the one who yeah. brought it to the table. Yeah.
4: that's definitely he uh he and i had come across this Well, he actually, I think, originally came across that he showed me this YouTube channel that was just re-uploads of any monster movie you could think of through however long of a span of time, and he had come across a 50s release and a 60s release of Attack of the Eye Creatures, Mm -hmm. and he showed me, I want to say the 50s release, or to begin with, and both are just equally boring, goofy messes of movies, (laughs) like they're... Nothing special by any means. They're, but they're it, <laughs> as, as soon as we watched it and that name was kind of brought up, it was like, well, I mean, I can't think of anything better.
5: Maybe we are the eye creatures. <laughs> yeah, it's mainly just a good, like, it was like a name that is like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. I'm surprised this isn't taken. Let's, you know, and to be honest, at first I was a little skeptical about it. I was like, I don't know, eye creatures. And then we sat with it for a while and I was like, actually, this is pretty badass because yeah. it kind of. It's kind of fluid. You can use it in different situations that mean different things by it.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So my other weirdos, I know you guys have some questions for the band before we get on to the movie.
2: Well, I just want to – you guys actually have a gig coming up in
0: March at Blackthorn, correct? Mm-hmm.
5: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're playing uh, St. Patty's Day at Blackthorn with Brutally Frank, which, if you don't know, is the owner Mel uh, Mel Wamble and her husband Steve. They're in that band, uh, and they're kind of like a Back psychobilly. Up, I think yeah. you would call it, you know, yeah. kind of punk mixed with like some fifties vibes, and you know. Uh, the like Steve plays like an upright bass and sometimes high, it, like high jump chance. It, and... yeah, There's high of... chance
4: of Steve riding his upright bass while he's playing it it's
5: yeah. <laughs> amazing and Melanie, the owner plays drums and sometimes she plays drums and sings at the same time mm-hmm. like you know again really she's amazing,
0: <laughs> kind
5: of cool. but yeah it's, I think it's gonna be a pretty big pretty big turnout, and I'm gonna get drunk and just fucking have a good time, <laughs> a good time. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to it.
1: So you guys, you guys play a lot of gigs, don't you? It seems like I seems like I see your your gigs ag- advertised constantly. Where are you?
5: Uh... I I feel like we play a lot of gigs for a band that doesn't actually like, do real tours because yeah. we all have like forty forty plus hours a week yeah. at work. Plus, Mikey has kids, and like we just got a lot of stuff. Like, music is not like our our main source of income. We still try to play as much as we can. Like, we I think we probably played like a good 12 shows like in the fall, like, when, like the last half of last year, I think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So I try to keep the booking rolling, you know, as much as we can uh, or do, you know, without like sacrificing, you know, mental health and whatnot. Yeah.
4: Luke is incredible when it comes to pulling this all together for us. He
5: is. <laughs> so he's you, the man. Uh,
1: so so as, as well as being in the band, you're also kind of the uh, manager? Is that the deal? You're out there.
5: In, in a way, yeah. I'd say I'm kind of the I, – I don't like call myself a manager, but I do do all the booking and uh, like a lot of planning and stuff like that. But uh, not to say that the other guys don't contribute a lot. Mac especially is uh, – he's – basically the band's producer. Like he does all the audio. Um like we try to do everything in-house that we can. Cool. So like audio, video, you know, flyers, cool. any chance. Like we do like to work with other artists just because it's awesome to get their uh their perspectives and their style and like just some people are way better artists than us. So it's like <laughs> it's cool, you know, to like collaborate with people. But like we also don't like to I guess cause, because of the fact that it's, like, not a – we don't have, like, some record label breathing down our necks. And this is – even though it's, like, to me, it's, like, a second job and it's extremely important, it is still, in a way, it's, like, a hobby, I guess you could say. So we're, like, yeah. if, if that's where we're at, then we might as well just take our time and do it the way we want to do it, not let anything else influence that and just kind of – yeah. And plus, like, learning new skills is always awesome. like. Yeah. We've this I has
4: been good. incredible for that alone almost. Like the yeah. my tool palette has expanded because of, of being in this band with you guys. And it's kinda like when you cool. fix
5: something in your car, or fix something in the house instead of calling someone else to do it. Yeah. It's kinda it's fun sometimes, but yeah, you can't but always put a, do it. put a
1: new faucet yeah. in put a new faucet in the sink. And now my whole thing is every time I'm in a house I'm like I, I, I could replace that faucet. <laughs> <laughs> the is there. Now, Luke, am I,
2: I work with your brother Levi And I know he's a He's a musician as well Saxophone and whatnot Yes
5: So you you grew up with music Oh 100% I have My whole family is musical Like my Oh sorry go ahead Yeah that's kind of what Levi was saying That you grew up in a very musical family With a lot of history Is that how you got into it? Yeah pretty much I think it's mainly my mom Is what got me into it She she's a piano teacher and when I was like uh probably like first grade or something she started teaching me piano and she taught me like music theory like I had like little worksheets uh and I fucking hated it like I it was such a pain in the ass uh and then like I think third grade my grandma found a a, like uh an old violin at a garage sale and was like you play violin now and so I uh was an orchestra up until freshman year or up until sophomore year of high school when I moved to a school that didn't have an orchestra. That's why I joined drumline because I was like I I have to be in like some kind of musical ensemble at all times pretty much. So have you dabbled in saxophone or is that all Levi? I don't know any wind instruments. All I know is stringed instruments and percussion and most recently I can kind of sing. But yeah, my my mom's a really great piano player and uh Let's see here. Yeah, Levi is an insanely good saxophone player. Uh, he has a master's degree from UMKC. And he plays with, uh, if you're ever interested in seeing like live jazz, he plays with Jomo Jazz, which is a combo of him and some of his classmates from college. And they're just so good. Their drummer, uh, his name's Ray. He uh, He's from the Bahamas. He was like an exchange student to, uh, I think, exchange student. To Missouri Southern, and I got to play drums with him in percussion ensemble. And that motherfucker, every drum he touches, is just turns to gold. <laughs> so I recommend them a lot. My sister is a music teacher and a vocalist. And my other brother, Gil, is uh, he plays guitar and he used to play banjo. Like, so just, yeah, music all around the family. Sorry if that was too long of a no, No, not at, all. not at all. Do you play banjo? Any of you guys don't. No, i I I play mandolin
1: mandolin? okay okay that's good i would kill to be able to play banjo i think it's a great instrument in the world (laughs) (laughs) you're not supposed to tell anyone that look i was gonna reveal things later and you just ah. i play so i don't know if any of these other idiots play any instruments i play guitar and I, nice. I tell people that I yeah. play prison blues because I'm behind a few bars looking for <laughs> a <tea>. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good. I'm not good at
5: all. But. Uh, you don't have to be good to enjoy it, though. No, you yeah, know, it's got yourself.
1: Actually, a buddy of mine built an electric cigar box guitar. Three string, open tuning, made to play slide. And I could play the hell out of that thing, but I swear to God, you could have thrown it downstairs and it would have bled blues chords as it went. I mean, <laughs> that's great. You drop it and it's a Howlin' Wolf
5: song. I don't know. That's awesome. So you mainly do blues or do you do like a variety of genres?
1: I, I try to play rock. Um, I'm not good at it. I, I spend a lot of time trying to sound like ACDC and I can't. Can't Shit yeah. I can't play any acdc song well enough where you can tell what it is, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. No good.
4: Hey nobody's Angus Young but Angus Young. This
1: is true. This is true. <laughs> this is true. Okay guys, so uh before we move on, Josh, Casey, you guys have questions for the band.
2: Yeah, I was uh what what are your uh, biggest influences as far as like favorite bands or or anything uh Growing up or or now,
4: oh, man, I I'm massively into Fish and The Grateful Dead, just kind of the world of jam bands as a whole. But also share a love for, honestly, hip hop, rock, metal. Like it, it's just kind of grown over time. There was a mm-hmm. point where I was very narrow minded in the music that I listened to, and honestly, living with Luke just kind of <laughs> expanded. Everything broaden my horizons in terms of really what I listen to now. So, really, I mean, Fish, Grateful Dead, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard—just a few bands that I constantly listen to.
5: The OCs, you the like the OCs, OCs, OCs? Sure. introduced me to them. Yeah, Mac. I think Mac biggest, has biggest like an influence
6: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
2: That's the only thing he listens to. <laughs> disturbed Yeah, I saw Disturbed in concert. Joey and I went yeah. to Springfield, and uh, I still have tinnitus from that, and that was years ago. <laughs> yeah. Dude,
1: I have injuries from being in a mosh pit at a Ramones show in, like, oh, 90... Whatever year their last tour was, 96 or whatever.
4: That's awesome. Jesus. We That's
5: were just talking... Cool. We were just talking yesterday about how... um like like the bagpipes at the corn show how they're so loud.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, Corn and uh, Rob Zombie was my first concert. Um, I, don't remember oh, uh, uh, so I don't know what it was It was awesome. My it's... first
1: concert was Ray Stevens. I think I was about 8 and my parents <laughs> took me. So you know, that's the, awesome. the, the squirrel in the church and the, the it, it's me again, Margaret, or whatever song. You have. Yeah. You know, when people have my, that, your first concert? And people are like, oh, I saw The Clash. Or, you know, "Oh, Kendrick Lamar. And I'm like, yeah, Ray Stevens.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Mine was Kiss and Aerosmith in the third grade. Nice. Thanks, to my, oh, wow.
2: thanks to my dad. <laughs> awesome.
5: I think for me, I was raised like my family only exclusively basically listened to like, like worship music. And so I think maybe that's part of why I gravitated naturally to like all metal all the time. And uh, I think like there's like, there's that sort of rebelliousness to it. And like that sort of like excitement you get when something shocks you. Uh, But it also has like that element of like, a lot of metal is like pretty complex to play and there's lots of notes on page. And so it kind of like being able to analyze it and I almost, I feel like I almost view music like mathematically sometimes uh, cause I'm a software developer outside of the band. So it kind of like, I guess it all just kind of like connects together, but basically like only metal in high school. And then like in college I started like, basically meeting lots of different kinds of people and like doing more drugs and like (laughs) just, you know, experiencing life more and going to parties and like hanging out with people showing them bands. They show me bands. And very quickly I was like, Oh my God, there's so much music out here. I'm listening to. Mm -hmm. And so I, I kind of got into like a lot of like bands that everybody else listened to like 10 years prior, like system of a down, like Nirvana, stuff like that, where it's like, everyone else is sick of them and I'm like just getting into them kind of thing. But yeah, then when I met Mac, I think
4: you, made, you were, there was a lot of stuff you made me or helped me take a second look at.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I think through, mo- through most of college, my favorite band was Meshuga, which they're if you don't know, they're like a Swedish extreme, like progressive metal kind of band. Like they, they call it gent, but it's kind of like a old term, but uh, yeah, I'm really into like the more like, I guess experimental kind of shit now. Like big, like King Crimson fan, and prog metal is really yeah between the buried and me. Do you ever listen to a band,
1: uh, prog metal band from the late '80s, early '90s, Fates Warning?
5: No, I haven't.
3: Uh, They did a concept album
1: called No Exit that's inspired by the the Sartre play No Exit. But probably my favorite album of like 1992.
5: Definitely, definitely. definitely send me a link okay. yeah. 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 Remind me. Yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. i like 90s music in general like i'm big primus fan yeah. and that was one thing that mike and i had in common also mike and i both really big into like death metal and like yeah. um i'm trying to think of a good like i guess death core grind all of that kind of shit yeah. um but I, I think more recently i kind of am getting caught up on like punk bands mm-hmm and I had like i go in and out with like phases of really being into dead kennedys and misfits and i think misfits is probably the biggest influence for me to want to be to have a little bit of a horror theme in our music even though i wouldn't say everything is horror themed it's it's so fun to to like even take like mundane everyday things and give them sort of a horror like uh uh i guess metaphor i don't know i can't think of the right word but
1: so you're you're talking about a lot of heavy stuff, but getting into punk, are are you guys interested in all in ska punk, folk punk?
4: Absolutely. I actually saw Days and Days a few years oh, back. Days thanks days days. to my buddy Devo.
1: Do you, do, you, do you guys ever listen to Pat the Bunny?
4: I'm like insane. That's that's one of Devin's favorite artists. <laughs> it's our buddy Devin.
1: Yeah, absolutely insane for Pat the
4: Bunny. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's super cool. So
1: quiet. I know, this He's is like his world. <laughs> This is, this is
0: I'm different. I'm just
1: listening. <laughs> what
0: are you yeah. Josh, you're, you're the music Josh person, what's right? the band that you're friends with that's
3: famous? Yeah, you were on a band's Facebook page. Oh yeah, Stabbing Westward. Yeah. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that. Oh yeah, but I love them from the '90s. Um, they're like an industrial metal kind of, um, kind of along the lines of like Nine Inch Nails and uh, Ministry, that kind of thing. Um, I'm pretty but sure I've, singing.
5: I'm pretty sure I've heard them. That name sounds really familiar. Did you uh, listen? Shame to... is
3: probably on the radio like all the time. How
5: did you, come did you listen to? Your social
3: media page? Uh, I just one day me and my wife were just hanging out on Facebook in like 2010 and we were like, well, they don't have a Facebook page. So we made one and we got like, you know, 200, 300 fans in like a span of like a month and it just kept going. And then finally, like the lead singer and the keyboardist both reached out to me and they're like, hey, uh, we like what you're doing. And then they they ended up getting back together. They weren't even a band whenever we did this.
5: <laughs> so,
3: awesome. They kinda they kinda so because me of you? For all of this. Yeah. That's was, crazy. You brought it really back. screwed up.
5: <laughs> you, you necromancer.
3: Yeah. Now they, they took ownership of the page, but they still let me be on it. So I can still like do whatever I want. And um they um uh, they actually sent me demos of their uh new album before it came out because a couple of years ago I ended up in the hospital uh for liver failure. And they didn't think I was going to make it. So they wanted me to hear the album before I died. And oh my then I God. Ended up being here anyway. So I got to hear it before anybody else. It was pretty sweet. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's kick ass.
2: That's really reader liver and almost died. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> so.
3: I should have done that years ago. Yeah,
5: right? <laughs> <laughs> did you ever listen to Godflesh at all?
3: Uh, I um, <clears throat> I did listen to I, I really like I, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation but jezu or hey or the the other project that justin broderick's in yeah um they got um ascension is one of my favorite albums from in the last probably 10 years um i never really got into godflesh though like that's one of their ones i'll listen to a few of them i they did a uh they did a concert for um i think it was hellfest that i saw on youtube and i didn't know the title of any of the songs but it was a good time
5: nice yeah i, I feel like they're they're a a weird one like they're kind of hard to get into but i feel like just that the way the drum machine and the way that they write um the drum beats kind of gives it a little bit of that industrial kind of feel to it yeah definitely any
3: kind of that i like dipping my toe in any like skinny puppy and that kind of thing just
5: oh skinny puppy's good yeah see all we have to do
1: is just poke josh yeah i know hey josh josh who's your favorite musician of all time
3: Frank Zappa. Right.
5: Hell yeah. Nice. Hell oh, nice. yeah. yeah all
3: right. Just He could do anything. He, he, he could probably rap if he wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> but, you yeah, know. Honestly. If he lived a few more years, maybe he would have j- dipped into it. I don't know. <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh, on the topic of punk, I wanted to say the two probably biggest punk bands I listened to last year would have to be Idols and uh, Pup. Uh, I, Idols, if you don't know, is a British uh, punk band. And they. they kind of like completely changed my view of punk because and they're more recent, uh, but they have sort of like um, they, they have elements of like other kinds of music. Like I feel like there's some indie stuff in there, but the punk is still very, it's very aggressive, but a lot of times it has sort of a positive message about like learning to love yourself and like, uh, like taking care of each other. And, but he's like, he's up there like screaming it basically Mm Uh, so they have they have this sort of like uh, we're not fighting we're dancing is like how they describe their mosh pits. It's it's just a collective sort of dance, getting together and having community. And I was like, man, like I just I just love that shit because you you I mean there's a lot of negativity and they have like negative songs too, but sort of that like you know fighting against that you know they have their second album is called joy is an act of resistance and that kind of fits the theme they also have kind of like this i feel like just the way the drum beats are and like um the songs are kind of like they're somewhat simple and they so it gives it kind of like this pub like kind of like you would see people like getting drunk and like dancing around and they're just up on stage just like having a great time like i I feel like they just it's just good vibes So that that's influenced like the second album quite a bit, I think, for me. But
1: so you want to go ahead and tell our listener Frank? He's a good guy. I think you'd like him. Um, tell our listener <laughs> where people can find your
5: music. How can they download it? How can they buy it? Yeah, we have. Um, I think every streaming platform, like just so like Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, um, yeah, like Bandcamp.
1: Listen on Spotify, you're getting fucked. So, oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Is it best for them to, to go to get your music. If you want to support the band, to make sure that you guys get some money out of it.
5: I think I mean ideally you would like either buy a physical copy of the album or buy it on Bandcamp. Bandcamp but like yeah. if you're gonna stream it, which I totally get because I stream a lot, like most of my music, um, or at least sometimes I stream it and then I buy the album because I enjoyed it so much and I want to support. Uh but like if you're just trying to stream it, I think Apple Music gives like the best cut of like per listen or whatever. Okay.
1: And where can we get a physical copy of your albums?
5: Um, I'm working on an online, I'm working on an online store right now. Like I said, my, my day job is software developer. So I'm, I'm making a, making a site for us uh, with an online store, but it's not up yet. So we pretty much, you pretty much just co- have to come to the show okay. or if you message us, we'll get one to you. We'll ship it to you.
1: you, sell, you so you have CDs. Can I, can I get it on vinyl?
5: Though? On oh, I wish not yet we're we're working on it it's it's surprisingly difficult to get vinyl in small quantities oh, okay. so yeah, from what i can tell you have to buy like 300 at once and it's like we're not sure if we can afford that or like sell that many copies in a way that's going to be like where we'll actually even break even you know but we're, we've we thought about doing a little like a sort of like a gofundme thing where it's like okay if we can get this many people to, to like pre-order the vinyls and they'll come through you know <laughs>
1: Yeah, 100 percent. Do that. We will we will put it up on our website and our various socials where Frank and eight other people will see it. So, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
5: Thanks, dudes. <laughs> it's one of those things you're always like, are we are we good enough that people are actually going to buy this? And of course, I think we're good. But it's just like the insecurity that you have as an artist.
1: Yeah, never let that hold you back. Never let that hold you back. So we're over here having yeah. no idea what the fuck we're doing, and we we just had Larry <laughs> Fessenden on the show, who's a hero, and it looks like we are we're gonna get Lloyd Kaufman from Troma to come on. So we're talking to him.
4: No way! That would be amazing.
1: He tweeted back at us. He had me. He, he, trolling he, told, us on he was he did troll us a little before, and he came <laughs> back at me. He told me to DM. I DM'd him, and he put me in touch with his personal assistant, and we're supposed to work out a date.
4: So. Oh, Papa Lloyd makes me so happy. And we're nobody and awesome. we have no idea what the fuck we're doing, <laughs> so...
2: John Stamos?
1: Yeah, yeah, we are gonna get John out. Stamos? That's, that's the plan. We wanna get Stamos. <laughs> but honestly, I have nothing to ask him. I just wanna be mean to him until he leaves. What the fuck Sit
4: down when you, you play the drums. Fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
5: And it's nice to sometimes get those opportunities where you're like, "Wow, someone you know does notice us." <laughs> we we played, yeah, <laughs> we played a show at uh, Guitars here in Joplin. Uh, I don't know if you remember that song. It's uh, well, what, what's what was their what, what was their big hit, Mikey? Click, click, boom. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, we put, they're called Saliva, and they're like early two thousands hard rock kind of stuff. Love Saliva.
3: Yeah, back yeah. in the early two thousands, I watched them probably five times in concert because <laughs> oh, they were wow. in every every festival. Like, I didn't go to see them, but yeah. it, they, they really were there.
4: It's an Aerosmith when I saw them.
3: Oh, <laughs> nice! Yeah, they play everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah, getting
5: to open for them was really cool, and it was a lot of exposure to like people who hadn't like live in the same town as us, and like, who the fuck are this, this band? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome
6: we've recently played with that newer rock band crowbot i don't know if you guys yeah. have heard of them but
0: they, yeah.
6: they sound pretty good
4: they're uh,
0: badass
6: played with them at guitars as well at a different date but yeah it was a good time cool cool,
1: cool. so you guys want to spend a little time talking about Lair of the white worm did everybody watch it let's
0: do it we oh, did I'm watch it. <laughs> all
1: right so i'm gonna give a little background for the folks at home all three of them um so Lair of the White Worm is Ken Russell's reimagining of Bram Stoker's novel, Lair of the White Worm, which was the last novel Stoker wrote. And it's often considered not just the worst novel Stoker ever wrote. It's normally considered the worst novel ever written. Um, (laughs) Wow. So so Stoker was uh, inspired by a British folktale, the Lambton Worm which you may have heard a version of because it's, it's very well-known and floated around in many versions. Basically, the deal is the son of a lord skips church to go fishing. He gets warned by an old man that if he does this, something bad will happen, but he ignores the old man. And he goes off to fish and catches a, something that looks like an eel with odd shapes and holes on its head. And he starts to take it home, but then changes his mind and throws it in a well. The boy grows up and goes off to fight in the Crusades and comes home (laughs) a hero of the Crusades to find that uh, his father's fortune is mostly gone. The local village is mostly destroyed because the thing he threw in the well grew up, and now it eats all the livestock and children. Um, (laughs) Whenever anyone tries to fight it, they get killed because no matter how much you cut it, any piece you cut off just reattaches to the thing's body, and it keeps coming at you. So he decides he's got to do something about it, goes to talk to an old witch, and she tells him, you can kill it. Get a suit of armor, cover it it in sharp spikes, and fight the thing in the river. But when you defeat it, then you must kill the first living thing you see. So he gets together with his dad. He gets his his spiked armor and his good sword. He he tells his dad, I'm going to blow my horn when it's dead. When I do that, release my hounds, and they'll come to me. And he's going to kill his dog to avoid whatever curse. So he goes out to fight the thing in the river. It tries to wrap around him. The spikes keep cutting pieces off of it. And the river washes the pieces away before they can reattach. And he kills the thing. Blows his horn. And his dad is so excited he forgets to release the hounds. Runs to meet his son. And the son can't kill his dad. So the whole family is cursed. And all of the lords in that line die horrible deaths they live, basically right. live long enough to have an heir and then get eaten by a hawk or stabbed by a by a random person or something that's the story and you, you hear what that story is bram stoker heard that story and went i think this is about a man who wants to use mesmerism to rape a woman and also there's a dragon um so bad bad book um then ken russell read that book and literally said to a friend this is the worst thing i've ever read i want to make a movie out of it <laughs> perfect so that, that's how it how, how the film happened So everybody's watched it what, what do we think guys let's uh, let's go around who who loved it who hated it oh it was amazing
6: it. i kind of liked it honestly I, I, i'd i'd watch it again it for a second because
1: i've got to do this so <laughs> yeah. Joey you loved it i loved it Very amazing.
0: And did you watch
5: it? No. I I'm excited to hear that there is actually um like some some actual folklore behind it because we were we hadn't done any research about it and and the, that first scene, or not the first, it was one of, the, one of the first couple scenes when they're in the tavern. Oh, when whatever. they get to the big
4: festivities, like the, the festivities and the little... Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, the festival, Lovely. there's
5: a band playing, and they've got electric guitars, but there's no electric guitar in the song, it's all acoustic. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, so that, we were wondering,
1: there is, we were wondering... If it up, oh, there's okay.
5: actually like a, a
1: Middle English song uh, about it. And I I actually read it. It's very similar to that, except a lot of times, because it's Middle English, it's like reading Chaucer or something, you're like, I don't quite know what the fuck that's saying. I get this, that's kind of, but I don't know, but I think it's very similar to what he was singing. There's a lot of stuff about the Weir, and the people along the
5: Weir, so... That's cool. really cool cuz we were we were guessing we were like is this a real folklore thing and of course we didn't look it up we just kind of were like I don't know I guess we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I'm going to I'm going to jump on Casey. Casey, you loved it, right?
2: It, it was okay. Um, it wasn't a bad movie. It, i love the ending was awesome that was the best part because it had <laughs> boobies and you know she was she was walking around you know, showing her showing her boobies and and uh <laughs> that that uh hot chick uh, i can't remember her name eve or something was like hanging over the pit i enjoyed all that C- that Catherine part Hoffman. that was by far the best part so this, yeah. is,
1: this is a fun thing so everybody in this movie so there's a lot of familiar faces in this movie you know you've got Hugh grant you've got peter capaldi who was doctor who for a while uh you've got amanda okay. donahoe who was kind of a sex symbol for a while um but the the eve katherine oxenberg the studio demanded her ken russell didn't want her the studio demanded her because all those people i just named were total unknowns at the time nobody had any clue who they were none of them could sell a film they wanted someone famous and she was on a soap opera and quite honestly. I don't think she can act. She's like the weak link in that entire film. I mean, like, It doesn't matter. Just look at her. Oh, another thing. <laughs> that, that final scene, that final scene that, where she's hung up like that, she's supposed to be nude but refused to do it nude. Uh, so they said, well, we'll have you in underwear. And she demanded some fancy bespoke silk stuff. And Tim Russell <laughs> told her, no, we don't have that budget. You'll have to, you'll have to live with Marks and Spencer. So she's, she's in cheap-ass underwear from the cheap-ass chain
5: because uh, Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to so trap you in my lair, and I'm going to chain you up. And then I'm going to put the most awesome underwear on you that's, like, <laughs> super silky. And what a, yeah. Are you
0: comfortable? <laughs> Can I get you
1: a pillow while we wait for you to be eaten by the snake god? Yeah. So, Josh, big fan, love it.
3: Uh, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's, I, I actually, I did like it a lot. And like Casey said, the ending was awesome. Um, had I not seen the devils, which is another Ken Russell, Russell movie, I probably would have been a lot more lost. Um, I've only seen two of his movies, but they all seem to have the same kind of framework. Um, a lot of, a lot of biblical references and deadpan jokes. So
1: he also directed the who's Tommy.
3: Oh shit. Yeah. Did not do that. Okay. Never mind. Yeah, but, but so
1: there are I three mean, movies now. So okay, but so you, you get that Tim Russell was insane, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Knowing yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> so I love him because he well, loved him. He's dead now. But he was not afraid to just fucking swing for the fences. And if he spun around and fell on his face, he didn't give a fuck.
5: So I think that was part of the appeal of the movie to me was just that it was just surprise after surprise and it's all over the place it's confusing it's just like and and you know obviously that can be a bad thing if you're confused at a movie but for some reason i felt like it kind of worked and like i don't know how much of like the shittiness is like intended but it just it makes it enjoyable because you're just like, what the fuck? And you like seeing like the little tears in the green screen, like the mm-hmm. chroma key where like it's not fully chroma keyed out correctly or whatever. And, like there's all these little details. But Mikey and I got, we actually got a uh, jump scare. They, they got us on one of the, oh, I think yeah. it's the first or second scene where the the lady's face like morphs into like yeah. the vampire yeah. looking thing, the teeth. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, he had
6: just made me a drink and I about spilt that shit all over me. Was yeah.
5: cool. well, see, it was cool. Very well, smooth like transition. Like she's got the uh, the boy scout in the bath, and then you know, she oh my bites God. her dick, and it's like whoa. Yeah. Whoa, wasn't
1: expecting
5: that. Expecting that was that. very shocking. Yeah.
1: So interestingly, so Russell took the main cast, set them down, and showed them a bunch of old uh British comedy films like like uh Noel Coward type stuff, and said that's what we're doing act like that so he made them all this is comedy act like it's a comedy um people should be laughing at this and then of course nobody laughed or or the people that did felt like they were laughing because it was you know bad um and he was kind of upset he's like this is a comedy why doesn't anyone understand this is funny
4: (laughs) The, the interactions between hugh grant and his butler Yes. That is, like, primo comedy yes. through the entire movie. Like, it's, it, it, oh, go draw me a bath. Yeah. And then just the seductive look from the butler, like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. so good. And what's okay. the butler's voice? This yeah. movie?
1: So, Hugh Grant, Capaldi, Amanda Donahoe, Oxenberg, uh, Sammy Davis, um, everybody in this movie is a fucking snack. What's going on? I mean, it's it's, one, it's like, the
4: same. Like, Hugh Grant walking around, and he's wearing like a like a silky white vest with like silky white pants.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, then Amanda Donahoe when she's got the, the kid in the bath, um, the, her her bra and panties setup is just like, yeah. who even owns that outside of porn? That's not real.
4: <laughs> the, the latex boots that go That's all big. the way up. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. god i love how everybody is just so casually ready to sit on her floor yes, like even when you yes. comes <laughs> over it's like oh well i guess this is the only place to sit
1: there's just nothing chill. weird <laughs> about yeah the pillows on the floor and also this 35 year old woman playing shoot snakes and ladders um, oh my god a, a, a game for
0: preschoolers
4: <laughs> i think <laughs> Well, if you're so afraid of
5: snakes, why do you keep playing the game? <laughs> like, she's like, I, I don't, don't know. <laughs> <not>. <laughs> the writers didn't ever think of a reason. <laughs> but the is that a real game, snakes and ladders? I know shoots and ladders. It's the English
1: version. It's the gotcha, same okay. that, but they have a snake instead of a shoot for some reason. Yeah.
5: Okay.
1: Which I did not know until this film.
5: Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, the other thing about the guy, the rich guy with the butler, I kept looking at him and thinking, like, he looks like the rich guy from Titanic. And I know it's not the same guy, but it's like, he's got a certain face and, like, the hair kind of thing going on.
4: It, it's definitely Billy Zane vibe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: it's a type. It's definitely a type. So, Joey, my question for you is, how sad are you that you didn't see Amanda Donahoe naked? I mean, come on. She's hot. She's naked in this. I'm not sad. <laughs> you, would be. you would be. I have porn. This is better than porn. It's Amanda Donahoe. She was, like, almost a big star for, like, five
2: minutes. Yeah, I think the, the poster for this movie looks like ass. Like, every poster you see for it <laughs> just looks like terrible. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay,
2: it's smoothed or stretched. But, okay, but I, I that love that when she hears the music, not
1: only is she taken over, but she's in the fucking basket.
2: <laughs>
5: yeah. I forgot about the basket. basket? Uh. Ugh. <laughs> Just in case oh, I get charmed yeah. at some point, I'm gonna need a basket.
4: Oh man, the whole speaking of charming, the whole scene with the police officer oh, God. after he comes to the whole thing and yeah. he's just being ch- charmed via bagpipes yes. through the entire yeah. like yeah. front when, long.
1: When Capaldi's gonna play bagpipes, he puts on his kilt. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. He yes. without a kilt.
4: It's <laughs> so good, all the way to the end too. Yeah. Like yeah. all throughout. <laughs>
5: Just to solidify that, yes, those are bagpipes you're saying, and yes, this is Scottish.
4: And he went from having a not very Scottish accent to start out with to having like a super harsh Scottish accent like well, midway through the film. He put on the kilt. That's there. You go. The it, it's the way <laughs> the it, lets it everything move. Your accent changes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's important that this film deals with something. That not a lot of movies have the guts to do, and that is the truth that all Scots can play the bagpipes.
4: Hits the nail right yeah, on the head.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's in that DNA. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of Capaldi doing crazy things in this, I absolutely love the scene in the woods where. Oh, it's it's very sad that your parents have died. Do you have a boyfriend? Oh, oh my God! Oh my and God. it just goes <laughs> in for the kids. And yeah. Oh.
5: oh yeah. Boy. Not and even. How sad. It's... not even like uh i'm sorry to hear that yeah, now yeah. we can, guess can just all right this is my cue he's got the
1: moves man
6: <laughs> yeah i went right
4: in
5: <laughs> oh that killed me
1: <laughs> so what was everybody's favorite scene other than all the ones i just mm-hmm. laughed about
6: <laughs> I like the very beginning where he first grabs that big head the, the head, and he just goes,
0: yeah, just, like, <laughs>
6: that killed me immediately. I was like, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> and it was.
0: <laughs>
6: I like uh-huh.
2: uh, Eve hanging over the pit at the end was yeah, still the yeah. best for me. And then they see that when you actually see the worm coming up. Yeah. Um, oh that, yeah. It was a, that was awesome looking. Yeah.
5: I like the way they That's, did the worm. Just and it's coming up, just like Sarlacc pit kind of shit.
2: Yeah. yeah. The, either the whole
4: sequence with Hugh Grant and his butler, mm-hmm. like listening back and forth on the vinyl, trying to figure out which side of the the Turkish yeah. <laughs> record was going to actually work, or the very end, yeah. just with him and Capaldi kind of bullshitting, and then right as he shifts gears. <laughs> like, it's perfect.
6: Uh, big bite on his knee or whatever the yeah. look on his well, face okay. is just i have love
1: that he finds out that he got the wrong serum
4: but it yeah, that was good
1: why did it work why did the- That's why like why he should not, to not have stood
4: up it makes no sense <laughs> and even
6: injected what's her name in the leg with it as yeah, well
5: yeah,
4: so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense <laughs>
5: So my house is like right by a train track. I think there's a train coming. So if I do stop talking, that's the reason.
4: Luke, the same train is going by my house right now.
5: Oh, really? Yeah. It sucks because I work from home. A lot of times I get on Zoom calls. And as soon as I'm about to like present something, it's like, okay, well, actually, there's a train going by. And it's just wild. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Because there's one house and then a train track.
1: See, I come over to Joey's to do this because actually I'm right next to a train track, but that's not what concerns me. My seven dogs will take turns barking. Oh, we go!
0: Yeah, so
2: that's a lot. That's a lot. lot Yeah, I didn't know you had seven. seven. So, I have to. We got one. That's enough.
1: I have the Malinois, the world's largest Malinois. I have the pit bull. I have the corgi something mix. And then I have four chihuahuas. Oh, I love chihuahuas. I do not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're evil. For <laughs> I, uh, I have this bad habit of taking in dogs that need a home and I have gotten inadvertently four chihuahuas and they love me but I feel like
6: I, I can't stand you
1: no I like them they're just a pain in the <laughs> ass actually it's specifically one of them it is the smallest one her name is Fido and she thinks she is the largest thing in the world and she barks at everything oh <laughs> Like if How much? Starts,
2: she goes nuts. How be, much is your dog food bill? Growing up, and it was mean as hell. <laughs>
1: My dog food bill—you don't want to know, brother.
2: <laughs> I can't <laughs> imagine. If you can even find any, it seems like it's hard to find dog and cat food it's, around here. It's,
1: a, it's been a little tough. So the cat food situation was horrible, but it is getting better. Uh, Walmart's like restocking their shelves now.
5: It's
1: mm, good. But so I have to buy—I have to buy dog food. I have to buy like three different sized kibbles
5: because. Uh, I've just been feeding my cat other cats for now. (laughs) That
1: works. I'm actually reading that apparently you should actually be feeding your dogs human-grade food.
0: Really? They
1: will live longer. So dog food is a big scam. So about 100 years ago, the meat companies went, how can we make money after all the stuff we're throwing away? Let's tell people they need it to feed their dogs. And – Dog food was invented Dog, Dogs dogs uh, evolved next to us eating our scraps and so that's what they're actually, you know, built to eat and we're giving them crap instead so you should, you yep. should be giving them a little boiled chicken some vegetables, a couple of roasted yeah, that
5: potatoes. Wha- Hell that yeah. wet food is nasty. I've seen a video on how that's made, and it literally is just extras from a chicken yeah. or a cow, whatever. And you blend it all together, and Ooh. it's just this sludge, this meat sludge. Yeah. And it's like I, I think human food now is probably worse for them than it used to be because yeah. of all the processes we do to it. But well, well, I, I feel to, like dog food has. The
1: sodium and a lot of the fat. So they're saying, like, boil yeah. some chicken breast and, you know, and, Ooh, yeah. and vegetables. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, but the wet and I, is disgusting, it smells bad, and they love it more than anything in the world.
5: Yeah, it's not like that stuff's not processed too, yeah, so yeah. yeah. Hey Joey, what were we talking about here tonight? Dog food. This was yeah, this was the dog food show we were doing, right? <laughs> Dogfest okay. podcast. Dogfest Dogfest. <laughs> Brought to you
1: by random dog Food. So let's see, I've got seven dogs. Joey's got one and a half cats. Uh, <laughs> one and, and one a half cats. Cat. Cat. Two cats. He, two cats. Joey has a cat, and then there is a stray that he just started letting into the house, and it comes and goes as it pleases. And so I say it's his cat. He says it's not. So.
5: Sprays wherever <laughs> it wants to.
1: No, she's really, she's actually really good. I think she's somebody's. That's cat, good. Then she's just adopted Joey.
5: Oh. She's actually nicer
1: than his cat. So. <laughs>
3: My Which is the one be... that hijacked our production? The one week yeah. was that his or the... the?
1: stray. That was the stray. That was orangey. Walked yeah. across the keyboard and somehow took down the whole camera setup.
5: That no, that's had. his cat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My cat's a spoiled brat, but I guess that's pretty much any cat. That's
0: that's,
4: yeah, I've got pickles asleep right back over there.
0: Oh, hey. there we go. <laughs> uh-huh.
5: sweet! She's she's such a little fluff ball. My God, no. Oh. She probably peed on it, marked it a little bit. <laughs> this
1: is the first thing I own that's got cat pee on it. So what are you gonna do? We also we also have like a dozen cats. So
4: oh, because
1: my wife Ooh. is insane.
4: Now, Holy <laughs> cow,
6: that's awesome. We
1: have a cat door, so it's not like they all live inside. They just come inside when they want, and then they leave again. So you know. <laughs> they do so, as they please.
5: Give, give the boy, that kind of works kind of works better for cats i feel like because even though my cat's an indoor cat i let her go outside when she wants to as long as like it's not super super cold or whatever because and uh, she keeps her happy honestly she she gets like cooped up indoors and she just like gets the zoomies to know and they just they need to go and murder something Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah,
2: it, it's all they live for is to murder something. Um, you bring I, you little I, presents on your doorstep. I had one beautiful woodpecker
5: in my backyard, and they slaughtered the fuck. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> when you see those eyes expand, and they, you just you see the void oh, in their people. eyes. Yeah, it's like oh
1: no. <laughs> so anyway, speaking of things that kill lovely things in the yard, snakes. Snakes! So what's everybody's <laughs> final thoughts on Lair of the White Worm?
4: Speaking of just snakes in general, I loved that almost every scene in this movie had some kind of a snake symbolism mm-hmm. in it. Like, whether it be Eve tripping over the white vacuum hose or the white mm-hmm. garden hose in the beginning of the movie.
1: setting up in the tree like the serpent.
4: Yes, exactly. Yes. Tempting Eve
5: is yes. perfect. That was good, yeah. Speaking of being tempted, what was the deal
1: with, uh, with uh, Amanda Donahoe in, in her stripper attire, but with what appeared to be a huge, sharp strap-on dildo?
6: Oh yeah. I I heard about that. Nothing. And then nothing. it just, just, like,
5: just kind of showed up and then it was just part of the movie and there's no explanation. You're just like, all right, this is what we're doing now. Yeah. It's <laughs> like
4: there was like one flash in one of those green screen scenes,
5: yeah. but now it's just a part of the movie. Those yeah. those impalement uh like those ladies who are impaled as I came down across the screen, yeah. that was pretty brutal. That was like it's one of the probably more parts of the movie. So, and then at the end when she's about to yeah, it looks like she's about to pierce uh, the lady who's tied up. And she's like, actually, no, I'm just going to drop you into the worm. Yeah. Just kidding. And yeah, I was like, like,
3: why switch it?
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the slow cutting of the rope.
6: <laughs> oh, you just, when he, okay. when that dude comes over and just cuts that girl's hand completely off. Okay. That was, yeah. Uh, yeah. She's, she's just hanging on. You weren't, no,
1: <laughs> you have a knife. Just a stab normally would be. <laughs> yeah, it took forever. <laughs>
5: I was kind of pleasantly surprised that she didn't get impaled, but at the same time, there was that back backside view of her, and I was just waiting for that to to come straight through her pelvis, basically.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And okay, so I was I was blown away by oh, it's a flashback to the crucifixion for no reason. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of nuns being raped for some reason. What the hell? Out
5: of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like. That was probably like the most intense scene in the whole movie, I think, and it was so early on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. As a result
4: changes, of just barely touching some venom. Yeah.
5: It yeah. Kind of, it kind of
1: changes your your mindset for the whole film because up to then yeah. it's you know it's Capaldi's goofy finding a skull and these girls are telling you their sad story and you know and and it's oh brutal multiple rape scene this isn't what I bought a ticket for.
5: <laughs> yeah there's a there was a, a close to the scene i like the scene where she's walking through the house and she spits on the cross and then she goes there's a cool perspective trick that they do and it's very specific but when she's the basically the skull is front and center she's in like the like background middle ground mm-hmm. she reaches her hands up slowly like this and the way her hands just sort of get larger and they like I feel like that was a really cool little That's, like camera uh, angle they did. Yeah,
1: it's a wonderful forced perspective. That skull seems so fucking huge. But yeah. it almost felt like once she's in fully in with the skull and you and so everything's back to its right size in your brain, it still felt like the room was wrong. And I wonder yeah. if that if that room for that shot was like specifically built slightly
5: off. She was uh, very tall, I noticed. Yeah. I don't know if she's just a tall actress or if that, like, the ceilings are just, because, like, I noticed uh, she would go up to the doorway and she was almost to the very top of it. And she had yeah. heels
4: on through that whole scene, but they weren't the tallest heels. So I don't know. Yeah,
1: I spent a lot of time looking oh, at her feet. Three so. what? <laughs> oh,
6: sorry. <laughs> I was saying I like how her car has three windshield wipers. I've never seen yes. yes. <laughs> What
4: the fuck <laughs> was
1: that. I
4: that too. What was that? An old Aston Martin?
1: I don't know. <laughs> well I also like that. So this movie's like eighty-five or something, but I think all of the cars in it are like at least twenty years older. There's like for sure, yeah, yeah,
4: like crazy European
5: sixties cars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about cars, but I, I was like every car that went into frame. I was like, that's a sick car. <laughs> I, like <that. laughs> I like that shit. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it was uh, uh uh Hugh Grant. His car. What was that uh Maserati maybe?
4: That's I'm It was yeah. nice. I'm actually not sure what kind of car that was. Yeah. Are you talking about kind of like a white and brown one with like the spare tire on the side? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the thing was sweet. Awesome. I'm I am not a car guy, I wish.
1: I, I don't
0: know a ton. <laughs> I don't know a ton, but oh, me neither.
1: I'll, I'll,
0: rec- I'll recognize a Pinto if I see one. Absolutely. <laughs> All right,
2: guys. What else we got? Casey, Josh. Yeah, it was it was a uh, it was good. I'd I'd give it probably a three out of five. It's uh I definitely watch it again. I think if I, I I had some other shit I was doing while I was watching it, so I kind of miss out on some of the stuff to be honest. But um, I definitely want to watch it again and. Uh, yeah, it was it was entertaining for sure, um, and Hugh Grant's always always good to watch in pretty much anything. So, well,
1: he's in Paddington too. So,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, maybe not that.
1: Have you not, have you seen it?
2: <laughs> no, I haven't. You need to see Paddington good. too. I've heard yeah. that. I've heard
4: they're both really good.
1: It's actually insane. It's not. It has no right to be as good as it is. Yeah, it's insane.
5: Wow. Or it's like a little little stuffed bear, right? Yeah, mm.
1: and he goes to prison.
2: Oh, there's <laughs> <laughs> comedy, I'm
5: guessing?
1: It's, it's You just have to see it. It, do, it doesn't make any sense. I got forced huh. to see it. My, my little nieces were like, you have to watch this movie. And I'm like, I don't want to watch this stuffed bear. <laughs> right, how old are you kids now? You're like five. Let's watch Jaws. But I don't know. So I watched it, and I'm sitting there going, this is like... Like quality drama, what the hell is going
5: on here? So. God damn it, it's good. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's
2: awesome. Yeah. I
5: remember, rating, man. Yeah, it's I remember when my oh, sorry,
2: no, go ahead.
5: No. Go ahead. I was just I remember when my uh, uh nephew showed me the Lego movie for the first time, and I was just like, I love Legos, but I was like, this is just gonna be shit. And I watched, and I was like, how the hell was that so good? Like, how was that such a good movie? The whole thing is just, like, so practical and, cool. I don't know, it's, it's so
4: real and tactile. Oh, yeah. <laughs> freaking cool. No, no joke. So,
1: the, again, the nieces, uh, we took them to see Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Um, and it is the Shrek universe's answer to Logan. It's actually, I, I saw that in a review and I'm like, what the fuck are they talking about? And then I went and saw it and went, yeah, that's actually right. That's what it is. It's, yeah. Wow.
5: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's weird.
5: <laughs> well, I need to watch Logan first. I feel like everybody but me saw that movie. Oh, Logan. I haven't seen it
2: actually. I haven't so, seen it.
1: As someone who is entirely sick of these bland, flavorless Marvel movies, I'll tell you Logan yeah. is awesome.
5: Have you uh have you any of you watched The Boys? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love The Boys. Yeah. I've heard about it. I've heard about the penis scene.
5: Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That's there's there's, <laughs> there's several yeah. penises. Yeah, there <laughs> penises
2: well, I'm, I'm talking about the dude where he gets shrunk and he goes in. Oh, home. yeah. Oh,
5: yep. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Honestly, uh,
1: hero gasm is the thing you need to see.
5: <laughs> What's that? that. Uh, with a big party they're having? Oh, yeah. The soldier boy shows up and. Yeah, that's. Uh... I mean, I think out of all the like superhero stuff, that's the one that's really kept my attention. It's also kind of scarred me, I feel like, in some ways. I'm just like, god sure. damn, this show's fucked up. Oh, so I love but... it. It's uh, Honestly, I'm
1: bored with most superhero stuff because like, oh, yeah. I, I find it all very reactionary. Um, so I'm more of an Alan Moore kind of guy, like, like Watchmen. Um, hell yeah yeah if these if, if superheroes awesome. existed they would be fascist fuckers and you should fear them and so right yeah yeah I, have, okay,
5: yeah I think they're i think the Watchmen does have an element of that and i think they're probably i don't know a lot of comics i know there's probably a lot of other comics that are like that um but i think the boys was like the first one to so like poignantly uh display it in that way where it's like uh i don't want to give spoilers away but like when there's a one there's one character who uh loses someone close to him, and then the superhero who does that uh is just plastered on every billboard on this and he just keeps having flashbacks of seeing this person basically explode into blood. And uh yeah, just like yeah, and just it, just imagining that all these superheroes are gonna somehow just be completely benevolent all the time and like these perfect people is like so far like there's gonna be probably some good ones, but if any history has shown us anything That kind of power is just going to turn you into an asshole. Like, uh, more often than not.
1: ACAB includes the Avengers.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Josh, you watch the boys, don't
3: you? Yeah, yeah, I'm caught up on it. That's how I know there's several penises. Because well,
2: yeah. I didn't know I do not know if you were talking about the penis that like grew out real long and tried to oh, attack yeah. him no, in the asylum. there are multiple penises. I just knew the ones. So. <laughs> no, I've definitely got to watch it. Hold
5: now on. you watch <laughs> the boys, not just boys, right? Okay. Yeah. Oh, whoops. Well, point of order: penises,
1: peni,
5: penum, penises. Penis. <laughs> <Pino> grigio Pino. <laughs>
1: <laughs> No wait. I've had that in my mouth.
5: So. Yeah, <laughs> that tracks. Okay. It's smooth.
3: <laughs> With a nice it? finish. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucking funny.
3: With a deep head, I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't, no, All
2: no, right, no, well, that's no. the
4: show. Notes of nuts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay kids anything else we want to go through before we shut this down
5: well if we could maybe uh just be shitty and plug some stuff <laughs> oh, no, that's not shitty oh, yeah.
1: and uh listen so send me links and stuff because it'll go in show notes and on our website
5: and yeah our absolutely website. Well, I think the main thing right now is uh, we're working on a uh, a new single right now for a song called Killdozer, which is about the Killdozer incident oh, with Marvin Meyer. Sweet, I believe it was two thousand four. It uh, was when it happened, but that's sort of a. I mean, that's we've been playing that song live for about a year, and it's every time we play it, we get all this positive feedback. So we're like, we got to get that out there so people can listen to it, and we're trying to do some smaller releases, you know, cause, so uh, cause I have a, a very important question. So yeah, go for is, it. Is
1: this song on the side of the guy who built the killdozer? I mean, is he the hero of the song
5: or so? As... The way I look at it is like, this song is not meant to make a statement about the morality of what he did more as it's supposed to be from his perspective. So like when I'm singing these lyrics, I'm like, Getting into character as Marvin Hemeyer essentially, um, because I, I haven't read like all the details. It, it seems like there is sort of the two different camps where it's like he's just a you know, kind of like the libertarian mindset, which is like he's just standing up for what's right, and then you have like the other side that's like, um, I, I believe people have, have said that he just completely was like not, um. Like it was not justified, and that he was kind of just an asshole, and that he uh, did like did actually try to like hurt people. Because there there's a debate about whether or not he was just trying to like destroy property to make a point, or if he actually wanted to harm people. Mm-hmm. I know there's a I, he had like a little gun port in the killdozer and he would shoot like I think it was like like gas tanks or something. like he was like, shooting at things that would cause explosions, and so there is like. I mean, I I would say I would have to do more research to form a full opinion. It seems like he's kind of more in the wrong. Uh, it seems like he's kind of a shitty person, but I think it's just kind of badass still. Like is it my, <laughs> it's just my like the story. I, I
1: don't actually even know why he did it or if it was right or wrong. All I know is that he built exactly one more kill dozers than any man
5: before. Yeah. He <laughs> celebrated. Mm-hmm. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, that's. The only man funny. in
4: history to cement himself within a steel coffin. <laughs> I insane. mean, it's just,
5: whether it's right or wrong, it's metal. Like it's just like it, fucking it, literally <laughs> metal, but like, he's yeah, literally he's knocking, yeah, knocking these buildings down and fucking blowing shit up. And then he's like, well, they caught up to me. This thing ain't moving anymore. Fucking shoots himself in the head and just, you know, end of history. But yeah, it's, I I hope that that's clear that we're not trying to take a stance on it. It's more of just like, this is an interesting ass story, you know, because that's how like on our first album, we have a song uh, called Lizard King, which primarily talks about like Alex Jones and like lizard people theories and stuff like that. And it's not us like trying to be like, not us trying to support Alex Jones, obviously, but it's also not like, I, I feel like there's so little that can be said about that, that hasn't already been said a million times. So a lot of it is just kind of like poking fun more than a
4: lot of expect. it's a lot of tongue-in-cheek stuff. Like, yeah, that song and the last song on the album both include like Alex clip or Alex Jones sound clips and things like that. And a lot of it, it, I mean, it's it's clearly in jest. <laughs>
5: like, yeah, it's, it's not kind, not kind of burning a, a
4: lot of the points that he's yelling.
5: Well, the song he was kind he of bur- have a very out of- Strong stance on gay frogs. And not a lot of people yeah.
1: take a strong stance on gay frogs. So, yeah. I, think,
5: I, I think the original intent of the uh, song was to be basically like from his I I'm again, I'm like from his perspective, I'm talking about like globalists and like lizard people and everything. And then by the end of the song, there's like this sort of shift where uh, it's no longer that. Now Alex Jones is a lizard person himself and he's like the true lizard king and that's kind of where the, the namesake of the song comes from.
1: Nice, nice. So what else do you guys have to uh, to pimp today? Let's pimp together.
5: <laughs> i guess just our, our tour dates like we don't have a whole lot i know this wednesday we're playing at the odyssey in uh springfield which is the downstairs stage at the outland uh so it's not the outland ballroom but it's in that same complex um and let's see here yeah the st patty's day show at, in blackthorne um uh what March 17th bar. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like all of them off the top of my head. I know we're playing at Bricks and Brews in June, at uh, and that's in Baxter Springs.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: But yeah, just kind of keep an eye on those dates and keep an eye on our social media. Kill dozer, yeah, yeah. I think is there anything else I'm I'm missing? I
4: think that's I think everything. everything. Yeah, yeah, I think that's everything we got going on. We're yeah. working
5: on we're getting getting a music video planned soon, but we haven't uh, we don't have any r- anything to release on that yet.
1: Shoot, shoot me, message me all the links that you want, and they will go in the show notes and up on our website, et cetera. Because uh, we very much want to get the word out.
5: So, absolutely. Thanks, man. And if I could plug one more unrelated yeah. thing, yeah, I, I just, just, uh, I think this week, um, a local metal band called Grave Huffer just released a album, and I played drums on the last track of the album. So, the band's called Grave Huffer, um and the name of the album is depart from so much evil. And so the title track is the last track on the album and it's a sort of a take on Dante's Inferno. And it's just this long ass fucking, like I want to say it's like 10 minutes long or something, probably more than that, actually probably 15 minutes or so, but basically it's, you know, Dante's Inferno retold and like, it has like a lot of black metal sort of like lots of blast beats and high pitched screams and, just brutal, like, noise sections. Um, but then it also has, like, a progressive metal element to it, and it's just kind of it's kind of all over the place, and the drumming is just – it's weird as hell because that's the only way I know how to drum. But I did want to <laughs> plug that because – and the whole album is really good. They've got one song about Andy Griffith going on a killing spree, and the first album – or the first song on, on the album is – the video for that, they use footage of the 1927 – film metropolis yeah, nice. that's a like great german film german expressionist i think yeah, is what that's yeah. called
1: yeah yeah big 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 fan one of the one of the earliest science fiction films one of the earliest dystopian
5: films too yeah. it's amazing what they were able to accomplish with yeah. like with such little resources oh it's beautiful it's a beautiful family really
4: insane
5: yeah
1: love that movie yeah absolutely
4: absolutely and but no out. joke those gray puffer dudes are super cool
5: oh Ray yeah they're like my dad's age, but they remind me of myself, basically.
1: Okay, hold on. So when you say your dad's age, what what kind of age are we talking about?
5: How old are you uh, guys? Now now you're going to reveal that I don't know my dad's age. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, still, I'm thinking like normal. early 50s, if I had to he's guess. He's like a million. So like he, he's a billion. Like super old. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> older than dirt. Well, you mentioned the Crusades <laughs> earlier. That's actually yeah. – <laughs> <laughs> nice, hell yeah! It happens to the best of us. Yeah, well, and the rest.
1: You know what? I was I was planning not to, um, but somehow I just managed <laughs> to
5: stay alive. fifties, fifties, the new twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty oh. is the new forty-nine.
1: Now, that, <laughs> buy. yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Young people, young people. <laughs> Jeez. All right, okay, guys so this has been Bloodfest, the podcast we were joined tonight by the eye creatures for josh joey uh what's that other guy's name again casey that's right And me, Nate, I just want to say be sure to check us out on the YouTube, and while you're there, click that subscribe button and maybe leave us a review. If you listen on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Podbean, Podbay, Jesus Christ, there are so many of those goddamn things. Wherever it is that you're hearing us, be sure to subscribe, leave us a five-star rating. Check out our website at www.bloodfestpodcast.com. Follow us on the Twitter and the Facebook and the Instagram. And I think we're on the Tiki Talks, too. Check us out on Pinterest, weirdly enough. And uh, anyway, catchphrase. Thanks so much.
5: Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thank you, guys.